You there? Yep. Okay, I don't have any context for those two messages you sent. Uh, I got one message for near perfect that just says near perfect forgeries, right? And I'm like, huh? And then you're like, main topic. Yeah, the, you wanted the main topic to be about art forgeries, right? No. I, 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 I sent you a message explaining that we were doing uh, blatant ripoffs, like things that had been ripped off by other people just outright blatantly. Like, no uh, question, contest. Like, this is obviously someone just taking someone else's work. Well, we've got an entire country that does that. We do. <laughs> But, uh, good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, Gaming Sessions Podcast. I am, of course, David, co-host Gerald. Hope everybody, uh, actually, here, that, that's your line. Go for it. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, nice to have everybody back with us. Nice to have new listeners, if there are new listeners out there. Uh, but hope everybody's been having a good day. Hope you've been having a good week, and hope you've been being safe out there. Indeed. And speaking of weeks, mine wasn't the best, but I'm not going to get into any bad stuff. Um, I will say I did, listening to a podcast yesterday, come across an interesting app called Randonautica. It's uh, essentially, you open it up on your phone tap there's a couple options that you can pick and it just drops a pin on the map somewhere within you know your specified range of your of you know where the circle is so like i tried it last night i didn't go anywhere but i tried it last night and it dropped a pin at a house a street over and it's um it was stuff they don't want you to know podcast that was talking about it and it was uh, to, to try not to ramble too much it's uh, random encounters seem to actually happen when people use the app like something interesting happens or there's something left there or you meet somebody or some kind of weird stuff like that so I figured I would check it out hmm. at some point like right. I said, I didn't do it. I didn't do it last night, but I downloaded the app and tried it. And you, uh, it gives you owl tokens that you get. Um, you get thirty every day, and you use them for like a specific type of encounter. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to try it and report back next uh, next episode. Other okay. than that. It was Iron Banner this week, and for Destiny, of course. And there was a new. So this is the season of the hunt, and the the guy who used to be Aldrin is now a light bearer, whose name is Crow, and he works under Spider, the fallen gang boss. I guess would be the best way to call him in the Tangled Shore. And for those who've played Destiny, um, at least for me, I fucking hated Aldrin, especially because he killed Cade. But now he's back and like, I'm pretty sure I brought this up either last episode or 
an episode or two before, but everybody's trying to make you like this guy, even Osiris. Like you get a letter from Osiris saying the, you know, the person that you used to, that you hated is no longer, you know, inhabiting this body, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, shut up, Osiris. I still don't like the guy. Well, they finally made me like him. Bastards. Mm, I remember hating Aldrin because he wanted to bang his sister, and I wanted to bang his sister, so he was the biggest cock <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's and he was a general know, bunch douchebag. Of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there was a a meme when Destiny when it was Destiny One. It was like things in Destiny I want to be inside, and it was it was like a a Kel a Kel ship the tower, you know, your own personal ship, and then Marasov. But yeah, so didn't... So we had, a, I guess, the final boss for the season of the hunt is... Uh, it was interesting. I, I didn't die, I don't think, when I fought him. Of course, I fought him by myself. And oddly enough, using my stasis super is what killed him. Because mm. I, I threw the super, and uh, I'm, again, I'm pretty sure I described it. It puts up like a, a cold bubble and then a, a freezing um, tornado will just go around the, the screen just f trying to chase things down and freeze them. Well, I, I threw my super, and I was about to die, so I jumped up onto a platform and to hide and then all of a sudden i get notification that he was dead and i was like oh shit well that was easy jump down go collect my shit and then wait for it to kick me back out onto uh out into space question your frost tornado homes in on enemies yeah it's not it's not like it's super fast it just kind of lumbers around towards anything it can freeze that's it does that in pvp too yes and it's especially sucky when you're trying to kill somebody and then they throw their super at you and you're trying to run away but you've already been slowed by the the cold bubble and then here comes the frost tornado just to freeze you up yeah <clears throat> i was about to say that sounds really strong <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> And I don't know, uh, I'm pretty sure this is because all the bungee devs are play Titans. If you're a hunter in PvP and someone freezes you, you might as well just sit there and let them finish you off. Because even if you break through the, free, the freeze, you're going to die anyways. Why, why does that make all the bungee employees Titan users? Come on, you haven't seen all the Titan love that they get? One-hit punches. They Like, I've, I've seen a Titan I froze break right out of it and then just run off. Meanwhile, I try to break out of it and, like, insta-death. So I've stopped trying to break out of being frozen in PvP. Ah, okay. And no, no, I haven't seen all the Titan love that they've apparently been given because I haven't been playing the game. Because I don't like where it yeah. is and I don't like the direction it's going in. So I don't play it. <laughs> well, you know, 
that's her problem, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there was that. Um, I got my first paycheck last week, so that was nice. And I uh, downloaded and printed out a print and play version of a game called Runes of Zun. They tout it as Uno, if Uno and Magic had a baby. Hmm. It looks interesting. I'll have to uh, give it a try. So there's that. Um, that's oh, um, I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. But we know something, uh, something kind of crazy happened on Wednesday, right? Mm. Up in DC. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Squid was telling me about it. <laughs> Yeah, so so that happened this week. Yeah, that was actually I was also gonna bring up the fact uh I was gonna bring up uh what Trump's been doing after that happened later on during my week. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well then without further ado, go for it. Okay. Well I guess that's as good a segue as any into it. But yeah, <laughs> for for those who may not know uh, the big thing that happened up in the Capitol, basically, is that a group of armed Trump supporters, and they were <laughs> uh, not armed. Uh, they were not armed. I thought the last, uh, I was told that the the last say in it was that they did find that they were armed. Uh, uh, okay, yes. Um, but... They were armed with lead pipes, though, right? They they didn't have guns. I was told they had fi- actual firearms. I heard nothing about that. Okay, well then we'll we'll put this we'll put that to- that uh we'll put that on that subject on hold until we can both actually look into it more. Because last I heard on it is that no, they were. All of them had been, uh, not all of them, but there were armed assailants in the mix. Um, So we'll just leave that subject for later. But it is a segue into what Trump's been up to, because after, it basically was an attack on the Capitol. We'll talk about the rest later. Um, But after that, Trump started going around asking if he could give himself a pardon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that I heard, and I was like, "Trump, if you have done anything wrong, why would you need to be asking people about whether you could give yourself a pardon anyway?" And the feedback on it is there is no precedent for it. Not that he can't do it, so he might be able to. It's up in the air whether he has the ability to do so or not. Um. But yeah, I, I just thought that that was hilarious. Um, and his quote is, as has been stated by numerous legal, uh, well, as has been stated by numerous legal scholars, uh, I have the absolute right to pardon myself. But why would I do that when I have done nothing wrong? And he said that back in, apparently he said that back in 2018 and he's restarted the inquiry. Personally, I'm like, why would a president be have any ability to pardon himself? He should only have the ability to pardon other people. Because if a president can pardon himself, that just gives him free reign to do whatever he wants during his presidency. 
And at any time, if he's in danger of, you know, criminal, uh, uh, criminal ramifications, he can just go, pardon myself. I am now pardoned. Because if, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not remembering the definition of what a pardon is, but I'm pretty sure that completely exonerates you of all, like, uh, uh, criminal consequences and what it, 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 it like mm-hmm. if you're yeah. convicted of a crime or anything like that if you're pardoned you're just off scot-free done um pretty much and if you've been charged you can't be charged for the same thing you can't be charged for those same things again because it's double jeopardy I don't know how that works within the legal system if it's a pardon that got you away in the first place and then you do it again if they can, you know. And of course that doesn't mean like if you're a, like if someone murders someone gets off and then they murder someone else because that it's a new charge if it's a different person and the, a lot of legal legal a lot of legalese. But I thought that was hilarious. Um and yeah, the experts yeah, are saying that it's untested. Oh, good. Sorry, a double jeopardy is being convicted twice of the same crime. Right. So, like your your reference would be correct. Like you you kill someone, you get off, but you kill someone else. That's not double jeopardy. Right. Um. So yeah, Trump's been doing that because of course he has. Um. And I remembered throughout this week. Uh something else popped into my head on the last subject that we were talking about when we were talking about how dark the Pokemon world really is because there are some Pokemon that are either natural disasters or they just go around murdering people. Um, And I thought about it and I remember we brought up Gyarados and how it is just basically a rabid Pokemon that whenever it gets the urge just murders whole cities whole air just doesn't care and i thought about that for a second <laughs> and i remembered like if uh if anyone remembers the old pokemon cartoons like the like uh, like the original ones when ash first started out on his uh on his uh pokemon journey and if you remember in some of the older games like red and blue uh silver and gold there would be times when you'd hear about, you'd either hear about or be a part of some little kid getting a magic harp as a birthday present. <laughs> and at a t- there was a time when magic harp were everywhere. And hmm. the way magic harp, and they say it's hard to get a magic harp to, they have to be trained very well to get them to evolve in the Gyarados. But they can naturally evolve, and sometimes on a whim. So you just have hundreds, if not thousands, of these things littered all over the Pokemon region that can evolve into a Gyarados at any time. They're just ticking time bombs, and some of them are in people's homes. And one of the descriptions I read was that when a when a Magikarp evolves into a Gyarados, their evolution changes their brain. It literally tr- transforms their brain. 
friends. So all of that, like, oh, this Magikarp's my best friend and I love him so much, that goes out the window when his evolution actually changes the way his brain works. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit, it's even worse than I thought it was. <laughs> But right. that was just something that popped up in my head. But as as far as my week goes, um, I had mentioned I was playing Hades on and off, uh, which is a uh, sort of a little indie video game that came out for a while. Um, well, I, I sat down for this week and I just I just played it. I just went ahead and I played it and I played it and I played it. It is an excellent game. It is incredibly good. There's one thing about it that I hate. And uh -oh. the, basically the way the game works is you are playing as Zagreus, who is the son of Hades. And you're down at you're down in the underworld. And the way the underworld works is that it's it's built as a labyrinth. And uh, you're trying to get to the surface. You're trying to get out. So you have to work your way up level by level. So there's uh, there's like uh, there's Tartarus, I believe, is where you start. Or all of it might be called Tartarus. I'm trying to remember. Um, but I, but then you go to Asvidel. Then you go to the Elysium Fields. And I haven't gotten past the Elysium Fields yet. Um, but... Uh, Every time you die, you have to start all the way from the bottom. There are no, uh, uh, there are no like last save points in any of the other levels. If you die, you have to go all the way back to the bottom. And as you progress, you get boons from the Greek gods like Dionysus and Zeus and Artemis. And those power up either whatever weapon that you're using or other skills and abilities that you have. So the more boons and more upgrades you get, which, of course, you can get permanent ones from using an item down in your bedroom in the bottom of the underworld, um, you actually make your runs faster because you're you're stronger. The more you, the more you have to do it, the stronger you become, pretty much. Um, but when you die and you go all the way back, you lose all of your boons and special powers, except for the ones given to you by the mirror in your bedroom, which is the item that gives you permanent buffs. And the permanent buffs are nowhere near like using the weapon or uh, getting the boons from the gods. And as you're going through, any boons and stuff you get are completely random. So if you found a build that you really liked and was really working for you and you happen to die, it's gone unless you happen to come across the same series of abilities last time. And whenever you pick up a boon, you get a selection of three, and there are like nine or 12 different ones, I think. And it's any random of those three. And sometimes you'll get the same one over again, and if you get it over again, it just powers itself up. That is the one thing I hate about this game. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Because I found builds, because uh, I got really, uh, my favorite weapons are the spear. And the shield. 
the Age of Shield, and um, I'm forgetting what the name of the spear is. It's a it's a Bident. Um, those are my favorite weapons. Those are the ones I use. Um, and <sighs> I've gotten really good builds for both of them, and almost can never reduplicate them. Like I'll go ten. 12 runs without being able to duplicate the build that I had. So I can't even run it enough to see where it needs to be fixed to be a better build. Also, since everything is random, you could make your way up and get one boon if that. And so you may just not have anything by the time you get to a boss. And then that boss and and it's like and I went into when I realized this, I went to on forums to look this up to verify. I was like, that can't be that, that can't be how this works. And it was hmm. it's absolutely how it works. <coughs> and like people were talking about it in the comment section, and one person was just like, Well, the boons aren't that big of a deal. It, like you just have to, you know, you just have to get through it with skill. And I'm like I really need people who say that kind of thing and developers to understand not everybody wants to climb Mount Everest. Not everyone wants the hardest challenge they can get out of a game. A lot of people just want to sit down and have fun playing their game in their leisure time. And then they want to put it down <laughs> and go live out the rest of their life. All, like... And also, this there are so many different games, and you want to give time to all of them. If you don't really put time into a game, you can't get that kind of skill level. You have to literally push aside other games and just focus on playing this game to get that kind of skill level. And you have these... Oh. Go ahead. No, that's obviously the point. That's what they want you to do. They want you to push all the other games away and focus on that one. Well, that that's a bigger problem <laughs> in gaming, but like you're not wrong, but that's a <laughs> that's an even bigger problem in gaming. How they build games to absorb your time so you just can't play other games. Um that is absolutely a bigger issue with gaming. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm sitting here and but everything else in the game is amazing. The characters are amazing. They're well voice acted. All their designs and the artwork of the world is just top notch. Like five stars, man. Like just everything is so good. The combat is really good. The the the, the synergy of skills can be really good if you get the right ones. Each character has their own personality that develops over time because you can develop relationships with them the more you talk to them. And if you give them an item, um, there's a specific item. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but if you give them those, it increases your relationship with them. And everyone has so many different dialogue lines. Like they'll they'll tell you five different things on the same exact subject it is this game is amazing and there's a character named dusa she's this little uh she basically looks like the head of a medusa and she's just a floating like medusa head and she's like she's a fully fleshed out personality and she's kind of like quirky and always nervous but she's just the most adorable 
adorable thing in the world. Like, she's just adorable. Um, but yeah, the game is, like, really good. Like, your first boss is a character named Meg. She's one of the Furies. She's the oldest one. Um, and you you get this feeling that her relationship with Zagreus is a lot more complicated because Zagreus has never been to the surface before. Um, and he's trying to get to the surface because he doesn't want to be down in Hades anymore. Um, and his relationship with Hades himself, who you do talk to quite a lot, is is a typical... Is like I won't say it's a typical father and son relationship. It's not, but it's the kind of father and relationship you could see a prince having with a king who is his father, right? His father expects a lot of him, but he also expects Zagreus to be obedient and to listen to him. And Zagreus just isn't going to do that. He's not interested in the family business. Mm. He doesn't feel like he he's not. It's not like Zagreus is unruly. Zagreus is a very likable character, which I'm glad. I'm glad he's not just some insufferable, spoiled child. He's not. Um, he's a good, well-fleshed-out character himself. Um, and uh, Nyx is uh, another character in it, and she's the goddess of night, basically. Um, for those who don't know specifically who Nyx is, Nyx is like one of the primordial gods. They call them the Chthonic gods in the game. But she's one of the primordial beings. She's one of the ones who were there before the gods, the titans, anyone else. She is the goddess of darkness, like space. Like, think of, look up at the sky, at the night sky, see space. That's what she is. Um... Nobody fucks with Nyx, right? <laughs> um, and I like Hades. I honestly like Hades' portrayal in this game because he's not necessarily he's not evil, but he's not good. He's not necessarily good. He is much harsher. Like he he's very harsh, especially when it comes to Zagreus. But there's a conversation you have with Nyx about before Hades getting to the underworld, she used to rule over it, but she just wasn't good at it. So he, when Hades came down, he made a deal with her that he'd take over managing the place, and she just needed to uphold her duties of keeping the place together and whatnot, as you know, the goddess of it. And he has, and she even, she even, um, and Zagreus is like, and he's never tried to, you know, uh, he's never taken advantage of you in that deal or anything. And she's like, no, he's always adhered to his responsibilities. No matter how you think or see your father, he's always been on the up and up. And I really appreciated that. It is a game that portrays <laughs> it, it. It doesn't. It's a game that doesn't portray Hades as some evil monster. He's. It's obvious that Zagreus going to the surface is a very big deal. Like it's a big deal, and the other gods that are on Olympus are like helping him by giving him boons and power-ups and stuff and they're all like we can't wait until you get here and it's too bad your dad's trying to keep you down there and stuff like that and there's this sort of sinister undertone to it 
of this seems weird because yeah. Hades is come yeah. right, and, and and what makes it worse is the way they portray the Greek gods is that they're all like, oh, they're just trying to help. They're just trying to help, right? But there'll be times when you'll get to a chamber and you'll have to choose between boons from two different from two different gods, and when you choose one, the other god gets mad. And tries to kill you. And, <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? And then if you beat the challenge, they go, hey, I know I was mad for a second, but man, I can't even remember what I was mad about. Oh, water under the bridge or whatever thing that is uh, synonymous with them. And then they give you their boon too. So you can, there are chambers where you can get two boons if you beat the challenge. But it's like, really, motherfucker? <laughs> so. Like it's, it, dude, it is an excellent game. One of the, it is one of the best games I've ever played. I really wish with the RNG system with your skills, there was a currency you could get as you went through different runs because you never die. You just get reset back to the beginning, right? So I really mm. wish that every time you did a run, you could get a certain in-game currency that after every so like uh, that you could build up so that then you could just purchase the boons or the skills that you wanted so you could put your builds together from the get-go. Not only would it allow you to do the game, you know, run through the game more efficiently, I wouldn't feel like I'm getting fucked out of wins because I had a run of bad luck. I had six or seven runs where I got one boon and it wasn't a boon that my weapon could use well. Like I like Aphrodite, her boon gives you weaken, which lessens the amount of damage that enemies do. Well, that doesn't really help against bosses. Bosses don't care about a little weaken on their mm. damage. <laughs> um and then with the spear, the spear is really good because it has insane range and it will stun lock an enemy. Like it will literally just like you hit an enemy and it hits so fast, they'll, they're just stuck until they're dead. Um, well, Poseidon <clears throat> will give you a boon where you can give knockback to it. Well, that's terrible for the spear. You want it to stun lock enemies until they're dead. You don't want to knock them away from your attack. Um, and you can get these hammers. They're Daedalus's hammers. And they give you upgrades to your weapon. So with the spear, you can increase its range. And you can literally hit things from halfway across the screen. Like, it's nuts. I found a build for the spear where I got um, another upgrade for it where it gives you three – every time you attack with your spear, uh, on the left and right of your main spear, uh, two more spears come out. So it's like a cone attack. And this game is very uh, high on projectiles. You have projectile enemies and stuff. Well, your attacks crush projectiles. So you could just go into a room and just clear the whole room because you have a cone in front of you and then they can't hit you with that stuff. Like, there are a lot, a lot of really, really good combinations that make weapons just ridiculously good. Um, 
And of course, of the weapons, you have uh, the sword, uh, you have the spear and the Aegis shield. Um, and then you have a bow, which is okay, and I can see why it would be strong. Um, you also get a pair of gauntlets, so if so, you can punch. But I don't. I haven't seen much in the way of the upgrades for the gauntlets. I don't really like them very much. They have um, what looks to be like an invincible uppercut. Is your special because you have your basic attack, you have your, and you have your special. Um, and they seem to have like an invincible uppercut. So you do like a one, two, three punch, and then you do your special, and you'll do an uppercut. Um, but I did not like them. I'm pretty sure there's a build that makes them ridiculously powerful, but I didn't like them. Most of the time, this is the kind of game where melee weapons really, really suffer. Or at least it, from what I can tell. The only reason the spear is so good is because you can hit them from down the street. <laughs> um <laughs> and the shield is good is because you can alternate between melee and ranged with it. It is Captain America's shield. You can block anything in the game with it. There is nothing you can't block. Like, later on, you get to a boss that likes to charge headlong into you, and he'll just keep chasing you down. And you have a dash that you can upgrade and give yourself a, a second dash, and you can get a boon from Hermes that gives you a third dash, but he 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 will literally chase you down so fast and for so long you'll just use up all your dashes and he'll catch you and he'll hit you you can block his charge and he'll just bounce he'll just stop <laughs> like the shield can block anything and as you're blocking you're charging it up and you can do a bull rush forward and then you can throw it and it'll ricochet off walls to hit enemies it'll ricochet off enemies to hit other enemies um, you can get an upgrade to make it ricochet more. You can empower it so that if you bull rush and then throw it, you can throw multiples. Like, uh, like, uh, and then uh, the last weapon you get is just a gun. It's a gun with a, uh, it's a gun with a rocket option as it's special. So you'll shoot a, uh, uh, not a, not, not a rocket option, a uh, grenade launcher. So it's a gun, and it's special is just a grenade launcher, and you'll just shoot this little canister like projectile into the air that'll then land and explode. And I found I like I I picked it up and I was like, oh my god, they just put a gun in the game. This is going to be stupid. And then I ended up finding that I didn't actually <laughs> like it. I was like, eh, I, I can understand where this would be good, but I don't like it. Um, let's <laughs> see. Yeah, but. Dude, I cannot praise this game enough. Its art design is it, it is top notch on a scale of one to five. Uh, on a scale of one to five stars, art design five stars, story five stars so far, uh, combat five stars, um, voice acting five stars, character like progression and personality depth five stars this game is so good um like i i'd give it a 10 out of 10 but the only reason i can't give it a 10 out of 10 is because um i don't like the rng I don't like the RNG on skills. I don't like that I can just get unlucky 
and not be able to complete a run because I was unlucky. I don't like that. Um, well, that's the yeah. fall of a roguelike. Um, but other than that, I, yeah, 9 out of 10, absolutely. Absolutely a 9 out of 10. Um, uh, anyone who, who thinks it looks cool or likes that kind of game, Hades is an absolute must pick up. It is incredibly good. Um, let's see. Trying to think. Um, so, th- yeah, that's it for Hades. I was trying to think if there's anything else. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Hades, 9 out of 10, great game. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 j- uh, popped into theaters, apparently bombed. Real bad, not eh, not real bad, but it didn't do. It, it <laughs> didn't make back its money, as far as I am aware. Um, and unfortunately, it came off as kind of a Captain Marvel two, because it went to the agenda man bashing uh, <clears throat> back foot of Captain Marvel. Like every guy in there who. Every guy in in the show was just the worst human being you could run into uh, unless they had a specific role. Um, Wonder Woman mm. was <laughs> unfortunately portrayed as very unhero like. Um, they uh, like and this is all things that I've been getting from people who have watched it and reviewed it, right? So, yeah, but mm-hmm. apparently just not very well done. And and people were were rooting for Wonder Woman 1984. They were rooting for this movie. They wanted it to succeed, and unfortunately it just came out not being very good. Um, apparently Cheetah's transformation happened off-screen. I don't know why you would do that, but apparently that's what they decided to do with that. Um, but yeah, I've been hearing, I've been hearing more bad than good about this movie. Um, I'll have to get around to sitting down and watching it at some point in time, probably when it comes out on DVD. I'm not going to pay $10, $15 to go see it in a theater. Um, not when, Hmm. and it's not just one reviewer, every reviewer whose opinions I actually uh, I, I actually respect um, has been pointing out just problem after problem after problem. Um, one spoiler in the movie I'll give out, and for those of you who don't want to be spoiled on absolutely anything, give me about go about maybe two to five minutes into the future of this podcast so you don't have to listen to this. But apparently part of the plot is that there is a monkey paw-like wish item and when you make a wish it gives you what you wish for but takes away something important to you and wonder woman uses the item and she wishes for her uh boyfriend back who died in the first movie so he comes back but he comes back in the body of another person like it brings back his spirit and puts it in another guy's body and so they're continuing their relationship while 
the soul of her boyfriend is in another person's body and the dude isn't dead it's not like the it, you know the the uh the wish took a dead body and gave it to him no this was a living breathing guy with a life who her boyfriend's soul was put into his body mm. and her boyfriend basically took over and he's apparently still in that body he's still there he's just being suppressed so it's like wonder woman what the fuck are you doing you just took over another dude's life and you're in your hopscotching along with your boyfriend like that's perfectly fine it's not and then there's apparently <laughs> as they go along their relationship they get to a point where they're intimate with each other and have sex and it's like wonder woman that is another dude's body he can't consent to what you're doing right now what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so just just little shit like that. So yeah, I oof, it, it I have not been hearing good things about this movie. <laughs> um Unfortunately, because I was, I was, uh, I wanted it to be a good movie because the only thing the DC universe had going for it was Wonder Woman. Because the Superman movies, garbage. The Justice League movie, garbage. The Batman, well, with the current DC universe, the Batman movies, garbage. Uh, like Dark Knight and all those are good. But with the current one, like Batman v Superman, garbage. Like all the DC movies have been <laughs> Suicide Squad, garbage. I mean, it, I can look at Suicide Squad and go, it, it, it's a it, it's a it's a movie you can still have fun with. But from an objective viewpoint, it's garbage. It's bad. From an objective viewpoint, the story's bad. Batman v Superman, objective viewpoint. Bad Justice League, bad. All of them. Man of Steel, bad. Man, what was it? Man of Steel two is. Did we did we get a Man of Steel two or was it just Man of Steel? Okay, yeah, Man of Steel, man bad. Of Steel. Like all of them were bad. <laughs> Wonder Woman wasn't amazing. It wasn't great, but it was good. It was pretty much good up until the end when she had to fight Ares. It, but the the movie was perfectly good until we got to that point because of the what they did with Ares. Um, but otherwise, good movie. It was all DC had going for it, and then they ruined it. <sighs> so, <laughs> okay. So Chris Pine yeah, is in I think it. Is so. he the boyfriend? Uh, here, let me see his face because I don't know if I'd recognize him just from. Yeah, Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, he's the boyfriend. He's the one who played the pilot in the first one. Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> and and what I. Damn it, DC. Yeah, right. They 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 had bad. something with Wonder Woman. Something they could have built off of and. From everything I've been seeing of the Snyder Cut of Justice League, the Snyder Cut is not going to make that movie better. In fact, it is very possible the <laughs> Snyder Cut of Justice League might make it worse. Is that even Dude, possible? 
I saw a picture of what uh, Steppenwolf was supposed to look like. And I was looking at him, and I was like, how is that supposedly better? He's gaudy looking as hell. <laughs> like, he's all golden. Like, his armor is, like, all spiked and stuff, but everything is made of gold. And he just shines and shit. And I'm like, he's supposed to be from a hell world. Why does he look like a statue from heaven? And I'm like... <sighs> Oh, actually, speaking of that, that's another good thing about Hades. When you get to the Elysian Fields, there are these griffin statues. And because it's the Elysian Fields, when you break them, they just reform themselves after a certain amount of time. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, but yeah, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, from everything I've been seeing and hearing, not good. And it was all DC had. Now all DC is bad. And I forgot about Aquaman, but Aquaman was bad too. Aquaman uh, visual. I hear I I have not watched Aquaman yet. I've been meaning to sit down and do it, but I haven't gotten around to it. But from everything I've heard out of Aquaman, um, there are some mixed reviews, but overall not good. So I'll have to sit down, watch it myself, and then we'll we'll have to see. Um, but as far as I know, it's Aquaman still isn't as good as Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman, while wasn't terrible, it's a pretty it, the first Wonder Woman is still a pretty low bar. It's a good movie. So if Aquaman is not as good as that, it's not a good movie. Um, <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, mm. Wonder Woman is the only thing DCU had to go had going for it and could have pulled it out of its bullshit, and then they ruined it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, uh, apparentness of it. I, I know, I know, I know. A lot of people don't like that term, but that that does seem <sighs> to be the issue. The issue seems to be the movie got woke, and there there's a lot of other stuff that I could go into. I'm just not going to. Um, but there's a lot of stuff about the movie that apparently just was what that doesn't make any sense well why does it work this way now but not that way why how did she get like that what it, just just lots of just lots of we can't explain <laughs> this so we're just going to ignore it by the writers <laughs> so uh so unfortunately um monster hunter rise for the switch uh popped out a demo uh, I believe this sometime this week. I don't remember exactly when. Um, it might have been last weekend as well. Um, but it's looking really good. It's basically Monster Hunter World on the Switch, and it looks like they've they've thrown in a bunch of improvements to the UI, the way things work. Uh, they've gotten rid of some annoying things and implemented better versions of it. So it looks like it is a better game and it also looks like they're experimenting with with a lot more quality of life things so hopefully monster hunter world 2 will get all of the benefits of monster hunter rise and the and the first monster hunter world so i'm actually really 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 looking forward to 
what they're going to do with Monster Hunter World 2. Um, and Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter Rise, so far as I can tell, they've brought back some <coughs> monsters that weren't in Monster Hunter World because they didn't want to do the skeletons. Uh, it looks like one of the monsters in Monster Hunter Rise is an insect type. Um, so if they're if they are implementing skeletons on that kind of scale, then that's actually really good news for Monster Hunter World because that means we might be getting insect monsters. That means we might be getting some of the uh, older monsters that we didn't get to see uh, in Monster Hunter World. Uh, and we might also be getting like the, we may even get some of the really huge mythical monsters outside of like Fatalis and. Um, <clears throat> And Safi Jiva, and uh, I'm trying to remember the one, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but there are a lot of like other, uh, like really like huge like raid boss monsters that we haven't actually seen in these games that that were in the that were in previous games that haven't come to the new series of them. So hopefully, maybe we'll get one or two of those in Monster Hunter World too. Um, so that's looking really, really good. Too bad it's on the Switch. I don't have a Switch, so too bad it's on the Switch. But I'm going to try to sit down and get back into Monster Hunter World because I haven't done everything that needs – I haven't done everything to be done in Monster Hunter World. So I'm going to try to sit down and get uh, get on that as well. Um, <clears throat> I also came across a uh, video by a company uh, – by the company Boston Dynamics. Now, this might be – old news but it's new to me it's mm. the first time i was seeing it um and basically they taught robots to dance and i'm watching the video and they did the dance to <laughs> do you love me and the robots are doing the dance from do you love me and there's like a little dog there's like two human like humanoid bots two legs two arms and literally, the only thing wrong with the dancing is that it's, of course, a little slow and stiff. But once they get, like, once they get mm. the coding smoother, it is just, they'll just be dancing like a normal person. Um, they even had two other, it was four bots in all. It started off with one, then it pans the camera to two, and they're dancing um, in sync with one another. And then another small dog bot comes in. It's like this four-legged little bot with like a, a long crane-like neck, and it starts dancing. It even does a, a few like ballerina pirouettes on its uh, on its limbs. So, like I was like, yeah, like the moment technology is sophisticated enough to make little like pet robots those are going to be the most popular thing since anything um and then uh, the fourth robot is like an ostrich robot it's on two it's like a on two legs and it goes up into like you know the bird like uh neck and head um and so all four of them are just dancing and i'm like yeah mm. <laughs> like we may not see actual artificial intelligence in our mm. lifetime but yeah robots Sophisticated robots will probably happen. Will probably happen in the next like thirty to forty years. Uh, you know, barring any catastrophe. <laughs> um, yeah, it starts with right? dancing, then it ends up with Skynet, <laughs> right? Uh, 
So I also played some more of uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4. Uh, the character Navar is like the most obnoxious asshole. Like, and I know he's that for a reason. He's a, he's he's just the character archetype of I was born to high class society, so anyone below me is supposed to kiss the earth I walk on and sniff my farts, and that's how he acts. He's like, why aren't you guys kissing my feet and sniffing my farts? That's a you should be privileged that I am allowing you to do those things, and you want to throttle him every time he opens his mouth, like you literally want to kill him. Just, just <laughs> shut up. No one even talk. No one, no one even starts a conversation with this kid. No one ever starts a conversation with him. It is him <laughs> opening his mouth, and then someone. <laughs> in a polite manner, basically telling him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, uh, I was telling, I was telling you last time about how, uh, you know, you have to, the most dangerous thing so far in the game that you have to do is talk to demons to get them to come over to your side. Well, I've gotten to a point where I've gotten mm. the uh, Cathedral of Shadows, which is where you confuse demons. And, oh, man, I cannot explain how good it feels that the game goes, hey, these two demons fuse into this demon, and this demon has these skills, and they'll be at this level when you fuse them. Um, and this is what the demon is good at, and this is what it's bad at. You can see all of its weaknesses. You can see its strengths. You can see its stats. Oh, my God. Where has this been in all the original Shin Megami Tensei's? Because you used, you used to have to – there was a Cathedral of Shadows, and what it would tell you is, hey, you can fuse demons together to get more powerful demons. Go do that. And you were like, well, what demon am I going to get? And the Cathedral of Shadows would literally look at you, shrug its shoulders, and go, eh? <laughs> and you're just... So, I have a level 80 <laughs> demon. I, like, I have two demons, and, and, and there was no experience share or anything like that. If you wanted to level up a demon, you had to have them in combat. So, I have two level 80 demons that I've been playing with for the last 20 levels or so. And you want me to just throw them in this fusion machine... And maybe I'll get something that was worth sacrificing them. Are you insane? <laughs> well, no, see, the, the point is you, you do that and then you get like a shitty demon or whatever. Then, you know, the game yeah, will be like, oh, fuck time that. to go talk to but more This demons. game does not do the SMT4, thankfully, does not <laughs> do that. It shows you exactly who you need to fuse together and who you're going to get. And it only tells you what kind of demons you can get based on the demons you have in your party, right? Also, it alleviates a little bit of the I need to talk to demons <laughs> to get them to come to your side because you can purchase demons you have already gotten to join you with money. Now, I still haven't found a, a, a consistently convenient way to gain money. I got introduced to the uh, uh, the quest system, which allows you to do quests for people in town and stuff like that. So you go off to a quest and they'll pay you maka or they'll give you items. Uh, so far, that is the best way I've seen to get maka. 
there is an application where you can ask demons for money, but once again, that involves you talking to them. And at this point in the game, I am in the strong. <laughs> I am strongly in the arena of shoot that demon in the face first and try to ask it a question before it dies. <laughs> like, like, <ugh. laughs> but um. So that's at least good. The Cathedral of Shadows alleviates a lot of the problems I had with the game when I first started it. And now that I've gotten a little higher up in levels, I I still have to be really fucking careful every fight because in every fight you can fucking die. So you st- but usually um but usually, you know, my team goes first and we hit the weaknesses we need to hit and we just murder the enemy team before they can even attack. So, mm. uh, but outside of that, I, I am enjoying, I am still enjoying the game. I'll just need to sit down and I, I ended up going to Hades and I ended up having so much fun playing Hades, I neglected playing any of FSMT. So I'm probably just going to have to finish out Hades and then once I've done everything I want to do in Hades, I'll move over to SMT or something else, to, depending on what catches my attention the most. Um, but... uh. So we did SMT, much better, um, and then I ended up looking into Kaldeheim because a couple of my friends invited me over to the place to play some Magic the Gathering. Um, I didn't get a chance to do that. I ended up not feeling well, getting a really bad migraine. I don't know how. I don't know where it came from. I've been fine for the most part, and I was, uh, I was, I was not good yesterday. Um, but uh, I have been looking into the new set that's supposedly coming out, and uh, it's called Kald, uh, Kaldheim, and it's uh, very majorly based off of Norse mythology. It has uh, it's bringing the Norse gods into it. You have um, you have your Odin. Uh, they're not called the same names, of course, but it's obvious who everyone is for the most part. Um, you've got like uh, uh, I'm trying to I, I think it was Induin the god of the cosmos who's basically Odin he's missing an eye and he has a raven on his shoulder you have uh, Valky the god of lies who is obviously hmm. Loki um, what they did with Valky though this is what they did with Valky though <laughs> there is a uh, there is a planeswalker called Tybalt the fiend blooded he's a half demon who awakened to his planeswalkers powers and could move between dimensions he was hands down the worst planeswalker to have ever been made by magic the gathering and they have been trying to make him better like he's had two iterations so far so what they did is they created valky god of lies and Kaldheim is uh, bringing back the double-sided cards again. Like with the werewolves, how you had one side and then it would transform into the other, into the, uh, into uh, another creature on the other side. They're bringing in double-sided cards again. So Valky, God of Lies, transforms into Tybalt, the Cosmic Imposter. And he is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like he's way stronger 
than they should have made him. Oh, sorry. Um, the Odin god is Alrun, god of the cosmos. That's the name. So, Tybalt, mm. cosmic imposter. Now, he's five loyalty, and he costs seven to hit the field. But as he enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with you may play cards exiled with Tybalt, cosmic imposter, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So he allows you to exile cards, and then you can play those cards as if they were your own, and you can use mana of any color to pay to play them, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Um, now, uh, his plus two ability is exile the top card of each player's library. His negative three is exile a target uh, artifact or creature. And his negative eight is exile all cards from all graveyards and add three red to your mana pool. Now, the only thing holding this card back is that he costs so much. He costs seven to play. And, and he feels kind of like possibly just a win more button rather than a card that could change the game in your favor if you're on the back foot. Uh, now, Valky, God of Lies, which is the, which is the front of the card, um, allows you that when Valky enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they reveal this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. Pay X, choose a creature card, exile with Valky with converted mana cost X, Valky becomes a copy of that card. I can see that being really good. That's a Valky the God of Lies is a two cost, two one. He's easy to get rid of, but with that ability, it, it makes him pretty versatile. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but of course, because it's it's uh, following uh, it's following uh, Norse mythology, you have uh, you have all your different realms. So they're bringing they're 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 giving dwarves something. They're bringing back elves in a really big like elves are going to be a f a force to be reckoned with um they've already revealed one of the legendary elves that are going to be in it um her name is lathriel a uh, blade of the elves she's a two three for four with menace meaning she has to be blocked by two or more creatures or she can't be blocked whenever lathriel blade of the elves deals combat damage to a player create <clears throat> That many 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature tokens. Tap. <laughs> oh, it doesn't end there. <laughs> tap her and tap 10 untapped elves you control. Each opponent loses 10 life and you gain 10 life. Green black. Is this uh, green magic? Now, for those listening who may not know anything about Magic the Gathering, <laughs> the reason this is such a big freaking deal is because elves multiply like rabbits. Like, honestly, like hyper bunnies. They multiply 
take the take any rabbit in the world or species of rabbit that multiplies as an accelerated race and elves multiply faster than that and they buff each other constantly the fact that Lathriel has the ability to do damage and gain elf tokens she could li- she, first off elves buff each other uh, quite a lot so she could end up being like a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6 six, six or some some ridiculously high number and then when she hits she could be giving birth to like five six six elf tokens or six eight eight elf tokens like and then if you have all these elves just built up as a blocking wall or whatnot at the end of your opponent's turn you can tap them to take to hit them for 10 and then gain 10 life like she is ridiculous in an elf deck it's nuts um, and there's another elf. Let's see if I can find him here because I, I wasn't going to write down every card, but let me see if I can find him. There's another elf uh, that, when paired with her, was also pretty ridiculous. Let me see if I can find him. Oh, Elvish Warmaster costs two for a 2 2. Whenever one or more other elves enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 green elf warrior creature token. So, if Lathriel hits the field, swings and does two damage, she creates two (laughs) elves, and if he's on the field, she gets another two elves. This ability can only trigger once each turn. So, only one elf can give you elves, right? Um, But if if multiple creatures hit at the same time, you get to choose who does their damage first. So you can choose whoever the biggest one is to give you the most benefit. Pay five, uh, pay seven. Pay seven, elves you control get plus two, plus two, and gain death touch until end of turn. And that's at instant speed. Hmm. And he's in green. Seven <laughs> mana isn't. Seven mana is nothing in green. Ugh. <laughs> oh, oh, and not. Oh, I can, I can just. I can just picture some some poor kid playing <laughs> right. with this deck, and then he gets beat oh, up outside. Oh, and then there's the, the Realmwalker, a three cost two three. It's a changeling. As Realmwalker enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. No, if I'm, you, if you cast it, you cast have to pay free, the mana right? for it. But you can look at the top of your deck at any time, and you may cast <laughs> spells from the top of your deck, from the top of your library. It, like, what? <laughs> it's so... Dude, some of these cards disgusting. are so <laughs> dumb. Um... Uh, Toski, Bearer of Secrets, four cost, one, one. Can't be countered. This spell can't be countered. Is indestructible. So it doesn't matter that he's a one, one. 
Uh, Toski Bearer of Secrets attacks each turn if able. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Um, and then also they have apparently they've apparently ultra, all, they're also bringing back uh, Phyrexian cards. For those who don't know what the Phyrexians are, think of them like um, I akin them to Hellraiser, the Hellraiser movies. For those who don't know what the Hellraiser movies are, just in case, basically it was a little puzzle box <laughs> that if you if you solved the puzzle, it opened a gate into hell and allowed demons through. And those demons, if they got their hands on you, would modify you into a demon. And that's basically what the Phyrexians do. They go to other realms and they basically infect those realms and they kidnap, attack, destroy other species and then Basic, they call it flesh sculpting, but basically they modify those species into new Phyrexians. They they basically absorb the realm into themselves and turn it into a Phyrexian realm. So Vorinclex is one of the Praetors or one of the uh, one of the leaders, one of the generals, and they came out with a new Vorinclex, and he's a six six trample haste. And what he what this one does is if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on the permanent or player instead. If an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put half that many of those counters on that permanent or player instead, round it down. So this set is also looking like it's going to be including a lot of counters. So that makes him really good because he lessens the amount your uh, opponent can do and increases the amount you get. He's in green, so six mana is nothing for a 6-6 six, six trample haste. Um, and you can pair him up in modern with his previous incarnation. And the previous Vorinclex said that whenever you tap mana, whenever you tap the land for mana, gain twice that amount of mana that that land would produce, or gain an extra one of mana of that 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 land would produce. And every time your opponent tapped their land for mana, it didn't untap during their next untap step. Basically doubling your mana and cutting your opponent's mana in half. Mm. <laughs> you like, with that? This set is looking to be <laughs> like really, really crazy. Like I don't and, and this is only some of the cards they've spoiled. They've spoiled uh the new lands. The new lands are transforming lands. Um there have been all manner of double lands where you can uh tap a land for one color or another, like a red or a blue. And the best lands in Magic the Gathering have been the pain lands, where when you play them, they either come into the battlefield tapped already, meaning you can't then tap them for land. And tapping just, for those who don't know, just means turning the land sideways, and then it will give you its resource. Well, if it's already, if it comes onto the field already turned to the side you can't then get its resource until it untaps the next turn 
And the pain land said they come onto the battlefield tapped, or you could pay two life, and then they just come onto the field ready to be used and get their resource. And you could tap them for whichever of the two lands they represented. You know, black, white, green, red, blue, whatever. The new lands are transforming lands. And when you play them, you can choose. If it's a, let's say it's a blue-green, it'll have an island on one side and a forest on the other side, and you can just choose which one you want. That is insane. It immediately... Mm -hmm. Good. Oh, and uh, <laughs> uh, just a, a quick other bit of clarification. The from Hellraiser, they're called Cenobites, and the cube is the no, no. I'm just gonna lock that away down in the deepest recesses of my memory, never to be brought up again. Those movies were fucking terrifying. <laughs> I've only but um. So uh, this was the new lands are absolute mana fixers. I am going to t go ahead and go out on a limb and say they're going to become the best lands in Magic the Gathering from here on out. The fact that you can choose the exact land you need is crazy. And it's you don't have to sacrifice a life. It doesn't come onto the field already <laughs> tapped. It is there, ready for you to use as soon as you put it on the field. And whatever you need, you have it. Yeah, you can't alternate back and forth. But most of the time, the, the only reason you needed the double lands was to mana fix. So that you had the mana you needed when you needed when you needed it. These lands just let you choose what you need. You don't need double lands when you have these, at least from my perspective. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I get the feeling that these lands are going to become ridiculous. They're, they're, they're so good, and they have hmm. no downside. So... Yeah, Kald Kaldheim is looking like it's going to be just I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of bans in this set. If it, it feels like there are gonna be a lot of banning in this set. <laughs> like some of this stuff is just and then they're they're introducing two new mechanics as well. They're introducing the Fortel mechanic. Uh, and what it does is during your turn, you may pay two and exile this card from your hand face down. Cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost. So that means, and so far, I, and I'm assuming there are going to be different foretell costs for different, uh, for different creatures and different spells. But basically, while it's in your hand, you pay two and you take it out of the game. Meaning you can't lose it to card destruction. Um, you can uh, an opponent can't take it from you because it's in exile. It is literally outside of the game. They can't. You can't lose it to graveyard destruction or graveyard lockdown. Any. It's just. It is out in limbo. But what this does is it gives you the option of instant casting anything with a foretell on it. 
oh, I just got my 5-6 creature mm-hmm. that when it enters the battlefield explodes everything but itself. And then as long as it's the only creature on the field, it has double strike. Okay, I'll pay to put it outside the game. Let's see how this goes. Oh no, my opponent has five creatures on the field. I've only got one to block with. But I do have <laughs> open mana. I have uh, I have open mana right now. I have uh, three cards in hand that could either end the game or protect the next creature that I get. So, And it's on the end of their turn. Okay, they just ended their turn. I'll cast my guy for the foretell cost outside the game. He comes onto the field, blows everything up. It comes back to my turn. My opponent tries to murder it, like with a with a spell or something. I negate it, or I buff my creature so it can't be killed, or I give it indestructible, and I swing for ten. Like the foretell mechanic is nuts, and there are <laughs> sorceries and spell. There are there are spells like sorceries and instances that also have foretell costs. The mechanic is stupid. It gives sorcery spells instant cast speed. It's so crazy. The other mechanic is the <laughs> boast mechanic. This mechanic is just dumb. This mechanic is so dumb. Target player searches their library for a card, <laughs> then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. And the boast mechanic is at instant speed so far that I've seen. Every card that they've revealed that I've seen with boast on it, you can do it at instant speed. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about when I say instant speed, it means you can do it at any point in time in the game. You can do it in response to a turn. You can do it into a, a response of your opponent casting a spell. You can do it at the end of their turn before your turn starts, which is really good because it means all your mana becomes available to you again at the start of your turn. <laughs> like, think about what we just discussed with elves. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll just, I'll just, I'll use this boast ability at the end of your turn, and I'll go into my deck, grab a card, put it on top. It's my turn. Oh, look what I got! Exactly what I needed. <laughs> what are the what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? And and what and what makes it even scarier is you don't have to reveal that card. It doesn't say reveal it. You just go get a card and put it on the top of your deck. Your opponent has no idea what you just grabbed. <laughs> so that sounds that sounds like the magic version of the blue shell in Mario Kart. <laughs> right? It's like I'm or the version of Monopoly. <laughs> dude, I'm sitting here like, oh my goodness, how are they gonna balance this? How, oh, oh oh man and to be fair this might be fine and standard but modern modern's going to be a goddamn chaotic nightmare when this stuff hits (laughs) like oh like 
like Realm Walker with slivers, Realm Walker with heroes. Well, oh, oh my, oh goodness. Um, <laughs> the new elves with the old elves. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, Vorinclex in a green deck, both of them. Yeah, have fun dealing with that. Like, Jesus. It feels like this is a... This feels like a block of cards that was made by people who just don't care anymore. They have been yelled at so much about the overpowered bullshit they've been releasing, and they've been trying to rein it in, but shit keeps slipping through, that now it feels like they just don't care. They just don't care. They're like, no, make a card, we'll put it out there. We can always ban it if it gets too bad. Fuck it. <laughs> just... And and maybe and, and I always give the uh I always give the uh the uh the fine print. I, I I'm thinking I'm trying to think of a word, I can't think of it. But I always benefit I always put in yeah, I always give the benefit of a doubt that it may just look good on paper and it's not going to be as powerful as I think it's going to be. But for right now, it looks like it's going to be really good on paper, especially with some of the cards that I think have already released, like the new Acroma. Like, I'm going to boast and put Acroma on the top of my deck at the end of your turn, and uh, then I'm just going to play her at the beginning of my turn. Um, I'm gonna, uh, well, she doesn't have foretell, so you don't have to worry about that. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's like foretelling and uh, foretelling the new Acroma out of exile in the front of something or just at the end of your opponent's turn would be just, well, that's game, I guess. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Um, also, I'm hoping that since they're going deep in the Norse mythology, we'll get some more uh, werewolf cards, and they'll be you, they'll be better. Because the original werewolves from Innistrad all were good when you transformed them in the uh, into werewolves, but the werewolf mechanic was never good. So I'm hoping that we will see new werewolves in this set, and they will be balanced better um, around their mechanic, or their mechanic will be removed and something else will have been thought of for them. So, but yeah, um, looking to be a strong set. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, one thing I am noticing is none of the god cards have indestructible. Normally, because um, there was another round we went through where there were also gods, and it was based off the Greek uh, mythology, um, and they all had indestructible. So it's kind of odd that I, that they're doing Norse gods, and the Norse gods don't have indestructible on them. So we'll, we'll have to see how that works. But uh, yeah, Kaldheim looking looking strong, looking strong. Um, and that was that's pretty much my week. I got a little bit further in. Um, I got a little bit further in uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, just murdering Maelstrom every chance I get. Every chance I get, going out of my <laughs> way to kill those guys. Um, 
And those are the ones that uh, did the like the cheap modding of that one monk of the monk yeah of the one monk yeah um i've run into some more like glitches slash issues with the game um like one was uh i got uh, i just started doing a quest line and you're talking to a character and their mouth isn't moving while they're talking to you i ran into that <laughs> bug <laughs> so so yeah uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, uh, not a bad week. Uh, other than that migraine I ended up getting, yeah, that's pretty much my week. <clears throat> All right, then. <clears throat> we shall take a break then and continue on with part two.